grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text is our second lesson from 1 Peter chapter 2. Dear friends in Christ, Patrick Mahomans, Mahomans is living his best life. Seven years ago, he wondered what it would feel like to take the podium as champions of the NFL and to be able to proclaim to the world, I'm going to Disney World. Well, last Sunday, he accomplished that. As the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, winning the Super Bowl, it fulfilled his dreams and quite a celebration for him. There are many celebratory moments in people's lives. What are some that you might remember? Perhaps it was that high school sports crown or your college football team winning a division title. Maybe it was a grand opening of the business that you owned or worked for. Might have been a graduation or promotion, long overdue. Might have been your wedding day or the birth of a child or a baptism. There are many reasons to celebrate, but the most important celebration is still yet to come. As St. John saw his vision in the book of Revelation, he stated, and I looked and I heard the voice of many angels who were around the throne and around the living creatures and the elders. Their number was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands upon thousands. With a loud voice, they were saying, Worthy is a lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. I also heard every creature that is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders bowed down and worshiped. The book of Revelation describes that wonderful celebration that we will have in heaven. The book also describes that celebration as a wedding feast with more food than you can imagine. Today, as we listen to the words of St. Peter, we hear about the main reason to celebrate. He reminds us who we are and how blessed we are. So celebrate your status bestowed by God. What is that status? In verse 9, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, the people who are God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. How does it feel when you are chosen for special honor? Picking teams on the playground was always intensive with the hopes that you'd end up on the, the team of the person that you wanted to be on with the, the good team or you wanted to be able to stand next to the boss who was announcing an important event for which you were chosen the project manager I would consider it an honor to be able to officiate a championship basketball game at the Denver Coliseum <laughs> I would really celebrate well, we can celebrate, even if our aspirations are only dreams, because St. Peter tells us of a special celebration that is not a dream for which we are chosen. Jesus once said, you did not choose me, but I chose you 
and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will endure so that the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. We've been chosen. We've been chosen to be God's people, to be his children, to be saved. And for that, we can celebrate. St. Paul wrote to the Romans, we know that in all things, <clears throat> that all things work together for the good of those who love God, for those who are called according to his purpose, because those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. Yes, we are truly chosen. We're chosen not based on our athletic ability, not because we're the smartest person in the world, and not because we work so hard to achieve something. But we were chosen because of the mercy of God. As our text states, at one time you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. At one time you were not shown mercy, but now you have been shown mercy. We gain our status as God's people purely out of his mercy. We could say out of his grace as well. That is his undeserved love that God pours out so generously on all. It's a status of forgiveness. It's the status of being declared not guilty of all the sins we have committed. Yes, we can celebrate our status bestowed by God. Celebrate as though you were just released from prison after being declared innocent. And you get to wear a royal robe. Peter writes about that, that we are looked upon as royalty. Can you imagine that? You have royal blood in you. As I thought about saying that, I thought maybe I better explain it a little bit more. You have royal blood because consider the Lord's Supper. You are receiving the body and blood of Christ, who is our King of Kings and our Lord of Lords. And in that way, in a sense, we have royal blood within us. Something that I thought about. St. Peter calls our status a royal priesthood. Think about being a priest. A priest would offer sacrifices on behalf of the people. He would serve God. And we are similar. We are similar in that we serve God. We don't offer sacrifices, the animal sacrifices, like they did in the Old Testament times, but we do make sacrifices. We sacrifice our sinful nature because there are times when you let your mind wander and, and you think about what would it be like if I live the way I wanted to live and not the way God wanted me to live. What if? Could I perhaps slip something by God's eyes? And so your thoughts continuously thinking about what the ungodly have and, and you think about, oh, you know, that could be something I could enjoy. But then you make a sacrifice to God. As Jesus says, you follow me. And so we follow him and we put off those sinful thoughts a way of sacrificing. When you fight that urge and you pray that God keeps you from temptation, you forego that sin, and you think about your true status as children of God. But then make sure that you don't take credit as though, well, I'm so good that I can, I don't have to succumb to the devil. I can handle it. No, give credit where credit is due. Last Sunday, we talked about boasting, and as St. Paul wrote to the Corinthians, let the one who boasts, 
boasts in the Lord. And that's why our theme states, celebrate your status bestowed by God. Not what we earn, but what God gave us. He is the one who gets all the credit. And yes, there are times where the threat of hell looms over us and we say, I don't want to end up there. And so that makes you want to do what's right, yet you still know, no, it's God's love and mercy that's in your heart. What is your status? St. Peter tells us you are God's own possession. You're family. You're part of God's kingdom. You and I and all other believers, we're all children of God and, and brothers and sisters in Christ. And, you know, that's even better than being part of a royal family where you've got a king and a queen as your mom and dad. We've got the greatest father in heaven and the greatest brother in the person of Jesus in Hebrews, it states, For he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified all have one father. For that reason, he is not ashamed to call them brothers. He says, I will declare your name to my brothers. Within the congregation, I will sing your praise. Our family is unique. You could say that it's out of this world. St. Paul calls us aliens in our text. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and temporary residents in the world, we're only on this earth for a short period of time, relatively speaking. Yes, there are people that may live to be 100, but most do not. And you think that um, no one plans to live forever on this earth. For one thing, your social security and life savings wouldn't last. But thank God that he's got a better portfolio, retirement portfolio awaiting us in heaven one that will never run out of all those that, things that are necessary to sustain our being. Because our status is not an earthly eternity, but a heavenly eternity. In Philippians chapter 3, it states, But our citizenship is in heaven. We are eagerly awaiting for a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we celebrate. We celebrate our status bestowed by God. All glory to Him for providing that status. And you think about how you got that. St. Peter writes that it was God that showed his mercy. And how does that work? He says, I look at Jesus and I see what he did. And as a result, I'm going to impute that onto you. And you will receive the benefits of what Jesus accomplished. And you believe. That's, sometimes it seems so simple and yet so difficult. Simple because God says, believe, have faith. Of course, our sinful nature makes it difficult by doubting and thinking about there's got to be a different way. But think about how Jesus became our substitute, how he lived that perfect life, which we can't, and how he suffered for all of our sins so that we won't have to. And then he died and rose again. And his victory over sin, death, and the devil, that's our ticket to heaven. Without Jesus, there is no entrance through those pearly gates. All God asks is that we believe, accept what Jesus has done for us. We praise him for making it easy for us in that way. And once we realize that status, then the next question that Peter answers is, what do you do with that status? How are we to live? And he writes, so that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Just as you would want the world to know that you're the, the greatest quarterback for this year. 
and you're going to Disney World, just as you would want everyone to know that you have a baby, just as you would want all your Facebook friends know that you got a promotion at your job. Why would you not want everyone to know that you are saved, to know that you're going to heaven? Would it not be important for people to know that and to know who saved you and why? In our gospel lesson, Jesus tells us that we're already salt and light. He states, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its flavor, how will it become salty again? Then it is no good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled on the people, by the people. You are the light of the world. A city located on a hill cannot be hidden. People do not light a lamp and put it under a basket. No, they put it on a stand and it gives light to all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine in people's presence so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Do you really have a choice? You're a believer. You're saved. You want the world to know. And you're going to show. You're going to show it by telling people and then by the way that you live. As our text states, to abstain from the desires of the sinful flesh which war against your soul. Fight the urge. Fight the urge to sin. Stay away from situations that, that may lead you to sin and, and cause you to fall away from your faith. Because your faith isn't as strong as you might think it is. The devil's going to find a way to get in through a crack and try to get you to fall into sin and temptation. So you need to work at it. You need to trust that the Holy Spirit will guide you to do that which is right. And you celebrate. You tell the world. You think about all the ungodly people that are celebrating their filth. You've got the gay parades that... People are flaunting their ugly bodies. You have government entities and businesses that cave in to those who want to use whatever restroom that they want to use. People in high positions see no need to hide their disdain and hatred for those who do not agree with them. And they celebrate their defiance. They celebrate. Should we not celebrate something even better? Should we not Think about what God has done for us and let the world know. In Galatians, St. Paul writes, Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. To be sure, whatever a man sows, he will also reap. Indeed, the one who sows for his own sinful flesh will reap destruction from the sinful flesh. But the one who sows for the Spirit will reap eternal life from the Spirit. Let us not become weary of doing good, because at the appointed time we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the household of faith. We have more reason to celebrate than anyone else. We have something to look forward to as we celebrate the status that God has bestowed on us. And we don't have to wonder if, it's just when. <laughs> Our hope is based on God's word and his promises. We have the greatest status that anyone could want. And that brings us to our final thought that Peter presents with that doing what you, what you need to do with your status. He says, live an honorable life among the Gentiles so that even though they slander you as evil, when they observe your noble deeds, they may glorify God on the day he visits us. You can be sure that you'll be ridiculed for your faith if you end up in the wrong crowd. Probably wouldn't stand a chance at an atheist convention. 
But this is nothing new. It's been going on forever. God's people being persecuted. Consider the three men in a fiery furnace. They defied Nebuchadnezzar and they were thrown into the furnace. Did they know that they would be saved? In Daniel chapter 3, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered King Nebuchadnezzar, We have no need to answer you about this matter. Since our God whom we serve does exist, he is able to save us from the blazing fiery furnace, so he may save us from your hand, your majesty. But if he does not, you should know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods and we will not worship the golden statue you have set up. And then there was Daniel. The edict was all were to worship the king and only the king. Daniel continued to pray to God right out in the open, and so he was thrown in the lion's den. What was he thinking as he stared at the lions before him? I can't imagine. And then to see those starving, hungry lions lying down like kitty cats, leaving him unscathed. And when the king came, Daniel states, Your majesty, may you live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the mouth of the lions. They have not hurt me because he found me innocent in his presence. And also before you, your majesty, I've committed no crime. These guys didn't give an inch in their faith. And you know, eventually, even the kings, Nebuchadnezzar, that they came to acknowledge that your God is the right God. So celebrate your status before bestowed by God as you live your faith. Trust in him. He'll make sure things work out. You can only imagine how God will bless you when you stand up for what you believe. You can celebrate even if the rest of the unbelieving world doesn't join you. I'm reminded of a, a little saying. It was by a writer named William Perkey. Don't know who he was. I found him on Google. <laughs> he wrote the following that I have heard many times. You've got to dance like there's nobody watching. Love like you'll never be hurt. Sing like there's nobody listening. And, and live like it's heaven on earth. Now that's celebrating, isn't it? Because we know what we have waiting for us. And what a glorious thought. How blessed do you feel that you are, knowing that you have the status of God's children? And is it worth telling the world? People will respond. Those who are touched by the Holy Spirit, they'll smile and nod because they get it. Surround yourself with those kind of people whom you can call part of God's family, and you will celebrate and dance right through the gates of heaven. Amen. And may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds through faith.